Welcome to the Sunday Sermon Podcast of First Methodist Church in Opelika. We'd love for you to join us for worship each Sunday at 9 or 10.30 a.m. To learn more about First Methodist, visit us online at firstopelika.org or follow us on Instagram or Facebook at First Opelika. Thanks for tuning in. We'd love for you to join us. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Ephesians. If you have your Bible with you, I want to invite you to get it out and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. If you don't have your Bible, I'm going to invite you to get your phone out and use a Bible app to find Ephesians 4 or grab the Bible off the hymnal shelf there in front of you and turn with me to Ephesians 4. I'm going to read Ephesians 4 verses 1 through 6. Ephesians 4 verses 1 through 6. And out of reverence for the Lord and for his word, I'm going to invite you to stand with me as we listen now together for the word of the Lord. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit. Just as you were called to the one hope that brings to your call, just that you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and one Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Pray with me, please. One Father who is Lord over all, we praise you this day. The God who is the God of immeasurably more. The God who is able. The God who is not a God of history. A God who used to move. A God who did some things that we just remember. Lord, you are active and alive, writing stories in each of our lives and in this church. And we praise you this day because you are moving and working. And Lord, we come now as one to join you in what you're doing. Speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you're like a lot of people this week, if you uh, watched the news or read the news at all, then you were captivated by this uh, immediate global search Uh, that began to unfold in the seas of the North Atlantic, searching for this submarine that set off for the Titanic wreckage last Sunday morning. It's amazing, these global events that happen, and you see them every few years where all of a sudden something happens and uh, countries all together come around and begin to work towards one common goal. Agencies within organizations and uh, within countries and governments uh, set aside everything that has stopped them to focus on this one goal. A, a couple years ago, the one, I remember it seems these happen in the summer a lot, uh, there was the youth soccer team that was uh, trapped in the cave in Thailand and for about two weeks we watched as people from all around the world sent uh, help and assistance and, and aid to try and figure out how could they save those kids who were in that cave. 
And what we see in these moments of rescue when countries and organizations and entities and businesses is one of the best snapshots of unity that we ever get anywhere. Out in the world where we wouldn't expect to see a picture of the gospel in a way that could make a difference in our life, every now and then there's these moments that show up in the news that show us what happens when unity really comes about. Because there for these seasons that we see unfold before us on a global stage, uh, what we see is that people set aside their own needs. They set aside their uh, preconceived ideas. They set aside their past and their histories. They focus on a common goal together. They look to see something happening greater than any one of them could do by themselves. And in those moments, you see this picture of uh, people rising above their circumstances to bring about something great and incredible. That isn't just a picture that we see in these global moments of crisis around the world. Uh, This is a picture that should be uh, deeply implanted in our lives as lifetime followers of Jesus. For those of us who have set our eyes on him, for those of us who have said we want to follow where he leads, for those of us who have surrendered our own agendas, our own lives, our own priorities for his, then the picture of unity should be a vision that is held in front of us. And unity has everything to do with immeasurably more. Because the vision of immeasurably more is unity. The vision of immeasurably more is unity. Just a moment ago, I read to you a a passage out of the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians is this incredible letter that the Apostle Paul uh, wrote to the Jesus followers in the area of Ephesus, trying to motivate them and encourage them uh, to, to press forward into all that God wanted for them. If you were to go back and read the first three chapters of the book of Ephesians today, you would see that the first three chapters are all about information and intercession. Uh, That he is unpacking the incredible goodness, the incredible love, the incredible impact that the work of Jesus has done on our behalf. He he walks through details. He explains how Christ is the offering for us. He talks about the transformation that will happen in your life and in mine. And ultimately, as he's unpacking this and laying this out for these people, trying to help them grasp more fully what it is that God offers to them through Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. He gets to this place where he says, out of this incredible gift that's given, he says, all of the walls fall down. All of the preconceived labels go away. All of the ways that we've tried to put God in a box and put people in a box and say that these people fit here and those people fit here and people like this go here and people like that. He said all of that goes away because Christ supersedes all of it. And he gets so excited as he's unpacking this incredible vision of one community, of one life, of one hope, of one vision, of what the people of God really look like. Uh, that just He kind of erupts himself into prayer. And that prayer is what Steve read in the middle of the choir anthem just a few minutes ago. It's Ephesians 3. And if you were here three weeks ago, then you heard me unpack what that prayer is. Because that prayer has become the foundation for all of us for this whole Immeasurably More initiative. The Immeasurably More initiative isn't about funding a sanctuary or making sure that the budget's there. Those are things that happen as a result of it. But immeasurably more is about us leaning into this same story that Paul unpacks in the letter of Ephesians. Immeasurably more is about us leaning into this place and that prayer that Paul erupts and prays on behalf of those people that it becomes our prayer too. 
That we begin to say we want to be strengthened in our inner being by the power of the Holy Spirit, individually and as a church. That we long to increase our faith, to take steps of faith in Jesus, that his love might dwell in us more. That we would become a people marked by the love of God. That not just in recognizing how great God's love is for us, but that it is as it is planted in us, that God's love would erupt out of us into the world around us. That people would look at us, that people would look at the people of First Methodist Church and say, those are people who love like Jesus because of what the Holy Spirit is doing in them. Ultimately, the, the goal that Paul holds in front of the Ephesian people and in front of you and me is that we would be people who are filled to the fullness of Christ. That we would live in this uh, internal transformed place in union with God. The way Jesus said is that we would abide with him. Not just occasionally, not just attend religious activities, not just habitually go to church, but that our lives would be transformed and marked by the presence of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, aligning us to him, that we might walk with him in his mission, in his glory, in his goodness. Paul kind of finishes this prayer. He's so overcome by what Jesus does and what he offers you and me. And as soon as he finishes that prayer, he gives us those lines that says, this is why you can take this to the bank. This is why we know this is true. He said, because our God is the God of immeasurably more. Our God is the God who is able. Our God is the God who is smarter than you and me. Our God is the God who is bigger than your grandest desires and wishes and hopes. Our God is the God who, who can see an eternal picture, not just the circumstances in which you find yourself in. Our God is the God who knows what you need, who knows where we need to go, who sees the vision, who knows the future, and is trustworthy that he will write a story greater than anything you can do in your own. He gets to the end of chapter 3 where he's finished kind of unpacking all of this about who God is, what he's done, how Jesus works, the power of the Spirit, who we become, this incredible vision of one where all the labels and the categories fall to the side and we are united solidly around Jesus. And he turns the page as he starts chapter 4 into the place of exhortation, into beginning to say, if this is what's so, then what? If this is what God has done, if this is the promise that he gives to us, then where do we go from here? And it's really interesting to think about because as Paul was writing this, Paul could have written anything he wanted. As he began to say, I want to challenge you to take a step. I want to challenge you to put this into action. I want to challenge you uh, to, to, to begin to live into this promise, this vision in incredible ways. He could have offered anything. He could have said forgive people. He could have said love people. He could have said give more generously. He could have said get out on missions. But the thing that he focuses on first, the very first thing that he says is he says, I want you to maintain unity around who Jesus is. I want you to maintain unity around what God has done in your midst. I want you to maintain unity. Uh, now it's interesting that, that if you think about what he says, he doesn't say I want you to achieve unity. He says I want you to keep the unity that you already have. That's an interesting thing to think about, but I think you know that it's true. That the way that unity works, the, the way that it happens is there are these moments that you and I experience 
where, where it seems like time stops, where it seems like we rise above the circumstances, where we get to, to feel something or experience something like it's more than what we could have done on our own. It's more uh, than the achievements of, of just a good team working together. Some kind of synergy happens. Something comes together. I saw it this week watching Vacation Bible School. It was amazing. I mean, to see the number of kids who were there, to see their focus and hunger, but then to see them surrounded by, you know, five or six dozen people from people in the kitchen who were uh, preparing food for the, the, the people who were serving, from these youth who were giving of their summer days, of these people who took weeks off work to come and be here and invest in these kids. And all of a sudden, all of these people focused on one goal together, backed by the people of the church praying by name for the people. And all of a sudden, just something happens that rises above everything else. It's more than simple math. It's not two plus two equals four. It's two plus two equals a billion. And we don't know how it happens, but God does something. And I had more people tell me this week that there was just this sense and a feel, that it felt good, that it felt right, that God was present, that God was working. And that's an amazing testimony of unity. Because in those moments where we back away from ourselves and we turn the focus to someone else, God shows up and gives us these moments that are incredible. I bet you've experienced something like it. Like it. Many of you in this church have been to Honduras, to Orphanage Emmanuel. There's 20-something people that will consecrate next Sunday morning in our worship service that are going back for the first time since before the pandemic. And you came back and you talked about that there's something happened when you get in that place when all of a sudden you take the focus off yourself, when you uh, begin to focus on serving, when you're interested in what God wants, and you kind of rise above it, and it becomes this incredible place, and you feel something. Some of you have been on retreats or been to places or maybe in your childhood or growing up or in a campus ministry or college. You felt something like that. That's what the Ephesian people were feeling. That they had encountered this aliveness, this grandness, this richness, this bigness, this more than we can explain, more than we can comprehend, doesn't make sense by simple arithmetic. They had encountered something amazing. And what Paul looks at them and says is, I want you to maintain that. Because Paul's dream and God's dream for you and me isn't that we just have these spiritual mountaintop moments and, you know, that we string them onto a necklace like beads. And maybe if we're lucky in our lifetime, we get three or four. Maybe if, you know, you're really good, you get six or eight. What God wants is he wants that to become our norm. He wants that life where we live in this place, rising above our circumstances, seeing more happen than what we can do on our own. He wants that to be the norm. And so he says, take that moment that you experienced, Ephesian people. Take that moment of what you saw at Vacation Bible School. Take that moment from the mission trip or the retreat. And that becomes the vision and the goal. That unified place becomes what we're leaning towards. Paul doesn't hold up this idea of maintaining unity and then not tell us what to do. He very clearly says, here are four things. Four actions, four behaviors that you can take on that will do this very thing. That will foster this culture. That will create the vision of immeasurably more. That will open the door for this sense of unity to grow and increase. For it to become the normative way of being. For it to become the language of the people of God. This is what it looks like to do it. Four things. Humility. Humility. 
gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love. Let me say those again. Humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love. It's interesting, the first two are ways about how you and I show up. Humility and gentleness. They're about how we present ourselves. They're about how we interact with other people. That we show up in this way of saying, I'm going to dial myself back. I'm going to take the spotlight off of myself. I'm not going to seek to be the center or the focus of everything that's happening. I'm going to step back so that I can be more engaged. It's about being gentle and softer, about holding our tongue and showing up in a way that exudes that love of God. The second two, patience and bearing with one another in love, are about how we engage with others. They're about being slow to speak, not having to have the last word, waiting and patient Allowing God to work in someone and not having to take control. Biting your tongue when that person with rough edges rubs you the wrong way. It's really pretty simple. Dial yourself back and dial your compassion for others up. Can you imagine what would happen? Can you imagine what it would look like if just as a way of life, you begin to say, how do I take a step back? not push myself to the front, not keep the focus on me quite so much? How do I turn my attention to others being patient and bearing with one another around me? At our core, you and I know that it works. We've seen it. Maybe we've even experienced it. You've been in a tense moment at work or a place with neighbors or family, and it seemed that everything was escalating more and more and more. And then someone dialed themselves back. Someone turned the focus on being patient and bearing with another. And the ripples were immediate. It changed the marriage. It changed the relationship. It changed the family. It changed the dynamic. We see other people in the world figure this out, kind of like those deep sea rescues or cave rescues. Sports teams get it so great. I saw a a, a team just this week that their summer workout shirt said that our season is my responsibility because they get that sense of when they dial themselves back and turn the focus on serving and loving and caring for the people around them, that something greater than themselves happens. Can you imagine what that would look like in your house? Can you imagine what that would look like in the relationships that are closest to you? Can you imagine students as you get ready to go back to school in a few weeks, what it would look like for you to say, I'm not going to put the focus on me, but I'm going to be patient and bear with others. Can you imagine what it would look like in our church? I can tell you what it would look like. It would look like unity. It would look like immeasurably more. It would look like God moving and working in a way more than we could ever do on our own or by ourselves. 
In just a few moments, we're going to come and have a time of commitment. I've told you all along that our commitment card is nothing about money. It's all about what God wants to do. It's about 100% participation. It's about unity. And when I think of humility and gentleness, and when I think of patience and bearing with one another in love, there is no action that we could do that exudes those in such a way as to come and make this kind of commitment. To say, I'm going to back away from myself. I'm going to think about others. I'm going to care for those around me. I'm going to walk with those in need of love. God longs to write a story that is greater than you could ask or imagine. God longs to unfold his immeasurably more in your life and in the people of this church. God longs to write immeasurably more across our community and around the world because of who we are. And it starts today because it starts in unity. The vision of immeasurably more is unity. Pray with me, please. I'm going to say a prayer in just a few moments, but I'm going to invite you uh, right now just to enter into a time of reflection and prayer silently in your seat. Across the pews, you saw there were commitment cards there. You may have brought your commitment card with you. If you didn't, uh, you can use one that's there. You should have gotten a pen on your bulletin. And I'm just going to give you a few minutes to pray. I'm going to say a prayer for us, and then I'm going to let you pray. Uh, if you're with your spouse or someone you're making a commitment with uh, together and you want to pray together, if you want to ask God, Lord, what do you want me to do? Uh, but I'm just going to give you a few moments to prepare yourself, thinking about humility and gentleness, thinking about patience and bearing with one another in love, thinking about the immeasurably more that God wants to do in you and through you. And after we've had a few moments to pray silently, I'm going to come back and uh, together I'm going to invite us to move Uh, to turning our cards in and praying at this altar. But just for a few minutes, before we get up and do anything, before we take a step, I just invite you to pray where you are and just invite God to work. Let me say a prayer for us, and then we'll enter into a few moments of reflection. Uh, Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, we long for what you want. We want your will and your way. We've already prayed it, Lord. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so now, Lord, we surrender ourselves to you to the story that you want to write, to what you want to do, to what you've called us to be. We surrender to your invitation, to your action, and to your vision. And Lord, we pray that you would bring forth your unity, your movement, your life, and your vibrancy in this place. Hear us as we pray now together, as we prepare to come and commit ourselves to you.